everyone. Welcome back to Vampire Weekday. Once again, I'm joined by my co-host, Kevin. And today we'll be covering Ladies of Cambridge, also known as Boston by Vampire Weekend. Um, not off an album, but off of the Mansard Roof single that was released prior to the first album. So I'm honestly shocked this was not on the first album because it fits the vibes very well. Wouldn't you say, Kevin? I think it almost fits the vibe too well. Um, folks, I hope you're having a good night out there. Uh, before we get into this, I just want to say this is our 23rd episode, if I count it correctly. So we're about at the halfway point. And I was watching a couple of live bootlegs earlier today. I've never seen this band live, but just do me a favor and pat yourselves in the back because this is a really good band that we're a fan of. So I just hope you guys know that. Um, but anyway, getting into Ladies of Cambridge. Yeah, this is really the vibe of LP1. Um, almost in kind of like a, I don't know what if you want to say like a self-serving sense, but if Vampire Weekend is to you the preppy Ivy League band, this is that song. I mean, this is like, we kind of talked about that with Bryn. This is like very blatantly that song. Um, it's got that American ska band thing we talked about a couple of weeks ago. And it's just this bright, poppy, fun thing. And this is the B-side to Mansard Roof. Was there even a physical release? I couldn't, I couldn't find anything about that. But um, I did not see anything on that, but I did find the explanation for why it wasn't included in the album. Okay, um, I'd like to hear that. Somebody actually asked Chris uh, Bayo uh, at a solo show why Ladies of Cambridge was left off the first album, and his answer was, I quote, good question. I guess we just thought it wasn't up to snuff. It was a conversation we had at some point. Yeah, I guess the question is, do you take another song off of LP1 to fit this? Do you stack it in there somewhere? Because mm -hmm. LP1 is a little bit of everything. But if you take a song like, for example, Kids Don't Stand a Chance off this, you're missing a little bit of something. It's such a complete record front to back. And I think this is great in a complimentary role. Uh, I think it definitely could have made the album, like you said. Um, but this being the B-side to Mansur Roof, this is among the first exposure anybody had to a studio cut of Vampire Weekend. And it's very easy to see how folks early on got that impression of this being the preppy Ivy League band. Uh, there's a MySpace video I found earlier where Ezra's wearing that great yellow dog sweater and they're in a basement somewhere recording this song. Um, and it's exactly how you picture it. In mid-2000s, again, we're all in all their preppy clothes and it's this like, poppy fun great little song yeah for sure i mean the song is the embodiment of preppy ivy league culture it's them dreaming up of being in boston specifically uh cambridge uh where harvard is and just having this ivy league lifestyle going around having fun with the boys this is academic elitism almost where he has this raggedy wisdom falling from his hands. Even, even when they're going out with the boys, there's still this academic talk that's happening, this raggedy wisdom that's, that's coming out, right? 
Um, and so, so it really is the embodiment of that preppiness. Yeah. I, um, if you want to get into the first verse, we can kind of get into it right now. The mm-hmm. raggedy wisdom line actually to me came across as in a positive light. Mm-hmm. So you almost painted it, not maybe in a negative light, but maybe not a positive light. What did you mean by that? I interpreted it as, uh, so we can just dive in chestnut vibes on a Saturday night. So you have chestnut, chestnut vibes or chestnut park. I have the lyric is chestnut park. Really? So my I understanding chestnut is chestnut vibes. park is some location near the Harvard campus. We also of course have chestnut Hill, which is Boston college, a little bit a ways away. Um, I my understood the lyric to be chestnut park. Yeah. Uh, that, chestnut that vibes, I guess works as well. Sense. Chestnut Park, yeah. We'll, we'll go with Chestnut Park because it's, it's definitely Cambridge area. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, um, an area right by Harvard on a Saturday night. Mystical boys feeling all right. Um, so feeling all right, I interpret it as them having a night out drinking. Uh, mystical, you could interpret it as um, the mystic, a reference to the Mystic Seaport, which was already referenced in Walcott maybe mm-hmm. it's a bunch of boys from um from high school who went to high school in the Mystic Seaport um in Connecticut and they're kind of reuniting in Cambridge having a night out and so I interpreted the next line raggedy wisdom falls from my hands as him being kind of drunk and so it's this wisdom it's still like stuff he learned at at this preppy school but there's a raggediness to it because mm-hmm. he isn't fully there. So it's a, it's a little j- disjointed. I like that. It falls from my hands as he's explaining with his hands, uh, gesturing and giving those words mm-hmm. out. Um, the ladies of Cambridge know who I am, which is kind of a interesting statement by Ezra. Um, I, I saw that Ezra actually applied to Harvard. And so is it um is it him just saying like even though i didn't go there the ladies of cambridge still know who i am after all these years um or or how did you interpret it so i interpreted this first verse as a romanticizing of the college experience Mm -hmm. we talk about chestnut park saturday night feeling all right when he talks about raggedy wisdom I, I, I paint raggedy wisdom as almost this like folk hero-esque image of the main character. Someone coming to town, it's this excitement, there's this attitude about this. And the ladies of Cambridge know who this guy is because he's a folk hero, he's known. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you've ever walked around a college campus when it's sunny and people are hanging out, you feel like a god. And I think that's kind of the vibe that I got here is someone showing up knowing that they're a big deal, knowing that something cool is happening here. The romanticizing of that college experience. That's how I kind of read that. Yeah, I I definitely see that, how how it could be taken that way. Definitely think there's credence there. And then the course, I've had dreams of Boston all of my life. Chinatown between the sound of the night. yeah, so, so if you're raised in this preppy uh, Northeastern academic environment, you're probably going to dream of Harvard, mm-hmm. going to Harvard. And so I, I think that's pretty much what this is referencing, unless you took a secondary meaning. 
Um, and then Chinatown, I saw some interesting takes on this. I really think it's just them going down the Chinatown in Boston, which isn't super far from Harvard. It's over, it's closer to Boston University, but um, I really took it as them just going down the Chinatown and having some fun because there's some great, there's definitely some great restaurant, late night restaurants uh, down in Chinatown. So that's yeah, so something I could see happening. So my understanding is Boston has one of the largest to- Chinatowns in the United States outside of New York City. Um, there's also something that I wasn't aware of. I mean, I wasn't raised in the East Coast. Nico wasn't either, but something called a Chinatown bus or something mm-hmm. to that effect. Um, basically an inexpensive bus line that ran between Chinatowns in various cities on the East Coast. And it'd be a cheap way for college kids to take a few hours drive from New York to uh, Boston via the Chinatown bus. And I think that, I think somebody had genius mentioned that. And I think it clicks because it would make sense that a college student would find a cheap way to go from town to town. Yeah, definitely. Um, but either way, it it's really digging into this college lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, it's really embellishing um, the college lifestyle. Um, but if you leave, I just don't think I could take it. Take, take it. Take so great. It. There's like a, there's almost like an R and B kind of swing to this song. Like mm-hmm. there's some the, and lyrically, it's kind of like Americana. Like like we have very specific place names being like dropped, and then that take it is that's so cool. That's yeah. so sick. Shout out to Jessica Pavone for great uh, great violin playing on this uh, track. Unreal. Um, because it, it fits perfectly in mm-hmm. between the takes and it's um, what do you think there's a deeper meaning behind um, the space? No, really? I, I feel like there might be something there. Um, but if you leave, I just don't think I could take. I feel like if you end that statement there, it's it's a different statement. Well, it's, it's an incomplete statement, though. It's an incomplete statement. And then also, I feel like maybe it's kind of this rhythm that's mirroring almost a heart stopping with a visceral reaction to her leaving. Oh, I kind of like that. And we get a little bit more of that emotion in the bridge, and we'll get there. But I could, I could see that. Yeah. yeah. You also hear the violin having this like huge traversal down a scale um, in between take and it. So it's almost like your heart dropped in your chest also between the two. As I mean, yeah, def- I, I guess, yeah, I guess I was thinking lyrically maybe, but yeah, definitely musically there's, there's a feel there. Yeah. There's, there's a reason for doing it. So I like that. I like that. Like it, that. It's take definitely on. just cool to hear. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, this is what it means. Yeah, this is this is such a cool song. You want to take on you want to take on verse two. Yeah, so this is one that I didn't find much on, at least as specifically. I think there's a couple things we can tie here. Graveyard freaks were fallen in style. Do you have anything on that? Um. Yeah. So, like we said, me and Kevin did not grow up in the Northeast, but I spread somewhere that um, 
people tended to hang out in graveyards in the northeast a lot um and so it could just be reference of them just hanging out in a graveyard having the time um with the boys drinking um before they go out onto the town okay i like that okay that, that clicks for me um and then we have the next line ladies the pharaoh charles is the nile uh, of course pharaoh being a, a godlike figure in egyptian culture uh the charles river being a river in boston um comparing some woman to this like godlike figure someone to be revered and then of course the charles the nile making that connection there there is kind of an undertone here we talked about how there's this idea of growing up in the northeast and feeling accustomed to the desire to go to an ivy league institution like be a part of something that's upper class we talk about the ladies of cambridge here being a part of that upper class but we don't really reflect that on our characters the narrators the band and we know that the members of Empire Weekend are mostly like middle-class folks. Um, and you're going to run into a little bit less of that at an Ivy League institution and more of that kind of upper-class preppy vibe. And it almost seems like there's a little bit of an uptown girl thing going here. You know, ladies, the Pharaoh, you're going after this, this person who's at a higher status than you. I'm going to try for an uptown girl. I think there's a little mm. bit of that there. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, definitely. I like that a lot. And then this next part, I, I hope you can help me on here because I didn't find anything on this. That's a museum, price you could pay, stones of your father's stand in today. Do you have anything on that? I I was kind of at a loss too. Mm-hmm. Stones of your father's stand there today, I definitely think is referencing all of the so many historical statues that exist around Boston, because Boston is just littered with uh, statues of historical figures. Um, mm-hmm. you, you walk one street and you'll find another one. But in terms of that's a museum price you could pay, there are a lot of museums in Boston. <laughs> that's, that's really the only thing I could think of, mm-hmm. but um, a museum definitely ties to the academic sense that is established within the song. Um, kind of, kind of uh, as if a museum is a place where he could go with this girl. Um, but in terms of the full meaning of this last part of the verse, I am very unsure as well. Okay. The one thing that's coming to me now, Stones of Your Father Standing Today, to me almost talks about like kind of an old money thing. You know, if you go to a college, you're going to see a ton of names on buildings. That's almost what makes me think about it there. Like my father paid for this place. Like, do you know who I am kind of thing? Yeah, the the legacies. And then that could relate to that's a museum price you could pay. So the, the price to pay to get your name somewhere in that museum could be Um, yeah but yeah they're definitely at the tops the the very elite academic schools there's definitely encounters with people who have family members that Mm -hmm. donated buildings (laughs) yeah absolutely and then it goes back to the course i've had dreams of boston all my life chinatown between the sound and the night but if you leave i just don't think i could take it take it, take it, take it. 
you get this cool instrumental break part of the chorus but then it suddenly drops into this bridge that's mm -hmm. just drastically different from the rest of the song it's this very church-like organ filled um th uh, thing that's almost regal and creates this importance to what he's saying wouldn't you say mm -hmm. yes absolutely it's it's very clear we've seen this device in other vampire weekend songs but the very sudden shift is unmistakable yeah we've also seen it in pizza party by mm -hmm. the home run um they they do this huge shift in the bridge to to make clear that this these lyrics matter a lot um so how do they matter though because when you left my room to go to the kitchen i imagined that you were dead a morbid streak runs through the whole of my family but for you i could put it to rest so i have two outlandish probably not correct takes about this so i want to hear if you have anything serious first so my take is he gets with this girl that he was talking to the pharaoh of the story and they have a one night stand um, and they're sitting in bed but then when she leaves to go to the kitchen he just instantly drops to where um, he's alone again and she might as well be dead a morbid streak runs through my whole the whole of my family so he's saying it's this, this is common for for my family to just have this pessimistic outlook where if it's not going great then it's going awful right interesting but you, okay but for you if if it works out with us maybe i could put that morbid streak to rest maybe i could look forward to something again and there definitely is an irony of using the term put it to rest right after talking about a morbid streak yes <laughs> absolutely that's a good device there um the one thing i will say to to, to go off your point um it's not the same kind of morbid streak, but one thing I did find, someone referenced, referenced this on Genius. Um, there are a number of instances in works of fiction and other songs about people drowning themselves in the Charles River. And I don't know if we say that this character would go so dark as to do this to themselves if things went poorly with this girl, but that could be a morbid streak. Say Ezra, our songwriter here, claims himself to be a part of the family of artists that would drown themselves in the Charles River. That's one thing. Now to my fan theories. My first thought is that we have a Ted Bundy type main character. Our first verse, we talk about raggedy wisdom falling from my hand, a charmer, a good looking guy. The ladies of Cambridge know who I am. Of course, you know, he's coming to town. He's this good looking, sweet, handsome guy. And the morbid streak running through his family is that he kills people. <laughs> and when wow. she gets up to go to the kitchen, that's the opportunity. He imagined that she was dead because he was about to he kill was, her. He was going to kill her. Yes. Wow. So that, that's, but that's for you. Up. Yeah. So is he giving up his serial killer ways? Maybe. I See, that's the thing. That's where we lose it because Ted Bundy wouldn't do that. He's a psychopath. So that's, that's theory number one. Theory number two is that this occurs in the same cinematic universe as Walcott. <laughs> wow. 
and that the meat that the streak the morbid streak in his family is that they're vampires mm, okay because for whatever reason like i thought he was a vampire pharaoh, hunter what's say that again i thought he was a vampire hunter in walcott so is the morbid streak them killing vampires maybe this is the setup this is yes. the setup this is, this could be the setup but like i think with the with the the mystical and the first first we think of mystic seaport subconsciously um i think the references to pharaoh and niles kind of this like old world mist like almost like fable like thought enters my mind and then to me that sets up to morbid streak of him being a vampire hey maybe maybe there's something there i'm thinking he's a vampire hunter and because when you left my room to go to the kitchen i imagined i thought that you were dead because vampires are are dead right they're undead yeah and so a morbid streak runs through the whole of my family where we hunt vampires but for you i could put it to rest this is good i like that better that's really good (laughs) so he's he's giving up his vampire killer ways and accepting life with a vampire okay for love graveyard freaks is a lyric too yeah this is all there there. thematically i think it sets up this is this is airtight folks (laughs) mystical boys is mystic seaport which was referenced in walcott Mm -hmm. walcott there's something here i think yeah it's it's not one of those things if you ask the guys in the band they might deny it but it also (laughs) might be one of those situations where one couldn't have happened without the other even if it's all subconscious Mm. so so how does um, I've had dreams of Boston all of my life go then? Is, is it's fertile, fertile hunting ground? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's full of vampires. Yeah. Wow. Big, big statements here today on the pod. Yeah, we're 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 taking a lot of sides here. <laughs> Have you ever been to Boston? I've never I, actually I like, lived spent... in Boston for six. Oh months. my gosh, that's totally right. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I I have never spent any significant amount of time in boston probably. yes that is why i'm aware of like what how chinatown is there look at this we got a regular we got a, we got a, a local here folks in the pod. not a local <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah no i i recognize most of the stuff they're referencing mm-hmm. here um yeah it, one thing i should point out um from from my time there is cambridge is definitely kind of this isolated unit within boston it's mm-hmm. it, when when you enter it it's this different world compared to the rest of Boston, just because it's this college town where everyone who's there is from different areas. So you don't get that Boston vibe as much. It's kind of downplayed um, as opposed to the rest of the city. Um, and so that's, that could be why it's, it's a thrill for them to go into places like Chinatown where you're still getting that full Boston vibe as opposed to them being in Cambridge and kind of being isolated in their college community. That's a good point. It's why we bring local experts like you on the show. Gotta get the locals. <laughs> I, I actually lived in uh, Medford, which was a, another city in Boston and a little farther. It was two stops past Cambridge on the red line. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, for any Bostonites listening, they'll they'll recognize that. Um, and then Chinatown is five stops past or the other direction from Cambridge. In? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, what? So I think we can finally confirm though that Vampire Weekend is first and foremost a ska band. This is literally the second song they ever released. And, and Mansur Roof is Mansur Roof's not ska, but it's it's that bright feel. So I mean, there's a world in which you hear the first two first two songs and you're like, this is the mighty mighty Boston's all over again. I mean, mm-hmm. it's incredible. Um, I completely agree with you. Yeah, we this is where the whole American ska band thing came from. Truth be told, I had never heard this song until a few weeks ago. Um, I, I wasn't like aware of its existence, and when it came on, like the literally, I immediately thought American ska band because it was like when that whole discourse was going on, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like we said at the top of the show. If in your mind, Vampire Weekend was the preppy band this is the song for that. And I think it's, it's nice to have just a little bit of that for this song that doesn't have maybe as much depth as some of the other songs and kind of just be a banger, you know? Hmm. What one final comment on the title of the song. Apparently Ezra said on Instagram that they changed the name from Boston to ladies of Cambridge. Cause it used to be called Boston. Um, because the first album had too many Boston references. Yeah, you'd, you'd Cape Cod, you'd Walcott, and that would have been that would have been a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, they still, I mean, I'm pretty sure I mean, Cambridge is still a reference. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I'm pretty sure they still write it as Boston on their set lists. Yes, so I I've think seen. they they like went back to Boston, so uh, to calling it Boston. So okay. I think they're just indecisive on the title. Okay. (laughs) And it kind of talks to your point about it being called Boston versus ladies of Cambridge. Um, The idea of them wanting to branch out and see more of the city as opposed to just Cambridge. Mm -hmm. Because ladies of Cambridge is this very like upper class, like society, like high society kind of thing. But Boston is like, there's a little bit of everything there. Yeah, I mean, it definitely makes me think of Goodwill Hunting when they're oh in the gosh. Harvard bar talking mm-hmm. to uh, the girls with that one Harvard student trying to impress the girls about you, talking about books and such. It and absolutely, absolutely, and just shuts them down. That's definitely <laughs> the vibe I get. Yes, him and the boys. He's got his raggedy wisdom. Apples. Maybe this is about <laughs> Goodwill Hunting. Could it? Yeah, be? we don't know. Could be, um, but overall, it's a it's a great song. I, I really, this is this is a fantastic song. Really like it. It I, I don't think it's like quintessential top Vampire Weekend, but it it would be a really fun song to just kind of throw at someone who thought they had heard all of Vampire Weekends, and mm-hmm. it it probably would be the first of the bonus tracks I would throw at someone. Yes, I would maybe Houston, Dubai, depending on what what like mood you're in. But like this is mood wise, very core to what the band has always been about. So not Jonathan Lowe. No comment. <laughs> we've we've <laughs> dropped our Jonathan Lowe fandom. Yeah, friendship ended with Jonathan Lowe. Now Lee's <laughs> Cambridge is my best friend. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Meme incoming from the burner account. 
You'll see it before the pod's released. Okay, yes. Yes. I'll get work on that right once we're done here. <laughs> I'm excited. Okay. Okay. Well, favorite lyric? Uh, mystical Boys. Mystical Boys. Feeling all right. Yeah, it's got to be. Um, I'll go. But for you, I could put it to rest. Nice. Wait, no, 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 no. How could we not take... It. It. Take. Take. It. it. It's are, you, are, you, are you getting all three take its in there? <laughs> well, there's actually four well, take its. Yeah. Well, the the last one ends on a take, I believe. No, no, it doesn't. Genius is just not doesn't have it right. Okay. Anyway, yeah, it's four takes take its. Okay, you're taking all four. I no, I'm gonna take three. Okay, great. <laughs> Four is, four is a little much. Great. Okay. Okay, good. Uh, top five. This Life, Stranger, Harmony Hall, Unbelievers, Ladies of Cambridge, number five. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Big shift. Also, um, I want to acknowledge this last week. There was a bit of a bumble <laughs> at the end of the episode where um, – I ranked stranger number two and then claimed like not 15 seconds later that I had not ranked stranger. Um, short-term memory has gotten so bad during, during the coronavirus pandemic folks. I, I really don't know what to say. Are you going to mention COVID during the I, pandemic? I consider myself were, a man of you were, faith. You were uh, dating the pandemic. What? What's that? You're dating the pandemic by mentioning COVID. What do you mean? That now, if someone listens to this podcast four years from now, they're gonna say, "Oh, it was filmed during the COVID pandemic." We went week by week during the college football season. <laughs> <laughs> you think they're we gonna look talk- up scores? We talked about you the big games of each scores? week. You know our fan base. Some some of them are college football fans. Some of them, some of them aren't even Vampire Weekend fans. So. <laughs> it's yeah. The Venn diagram there is two separate circles. <laughs> There's one person in between those circles, so shout out to that one person. Yes. Um, okay, <laughs> my my top five. Okay, my top five: Flower Moon, Spring Snow, Unbearably White, Unbelievers, and number five. Just making the cut. I'm gonna go pizza party nice I'm feeling it okay so we haven't done this in a while give me a bottom two <laughs> bottom two. <laughs> oh boy um <laughs> can't be giant um i would have said 2021 three weeks ago but yeah. the the remixes that came out recently have changed my mind the goose one came on shuffle for me earlier today and it's just it's so good when they open with the baseline it's like so sick holy cow <laughs> and then they just jam wow um i will go california english and taxi cab okay Okay, I'm going to go California, English, and Hudson, yeah. which I'm pretty sure was the same I said last time. Yeah, Hudson's Hudson's pretty far down there. Yeah. Hudson's usually what people say is their least Is the worst. Time. We liked it a lot when we did it just because lyrically it was interesting, but like, yeah. yeah. 
that's the only coming back to it is just no it. fun. What's yeah. that? That's the main reason it's not on the bottom for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All right, fair bottom enough. Too. <laughs> okay. Um, do we have a hat this week? We do. Um, it's getting kind of close to March Madness, I think, maybe. Um, Soon. I, I kind of just don't want to forget to use this hat, <laughs> so we're using it now. Um, so it's a 20... 20- 18 final four san antonio hat um which was featured michigan loyola villanova and kansas that's right that was the sister gene year yes it was a sister gene year Mm -hmm. villanova is the most dominant team i've ever seen everyone at the final four was just like this is the best team that i've ever seen because a lot of killed michigan in the final it was a lot of people who go to the final four go every year and so we were talking to people who've seen every single Final Four of the last 20 years, and they were saying, this is the greatest team I've ever seen. That's, I mean, they were so good. Jay Wright was such a good coach. Um, I mean, they guys that could do anything. they great shooters. I mean, great big men. Um, such a complete basketball team. Mm-hmm. So, ooh, interesting. So next week's going to be Rich Man. Oh, that's talk, a fun talk, one. Talk about folk. That one's like just oh, a folk yeah. song. Folk Absolutely. I, yeah. Irish folk song is how mm-hmm. I would describe it. So tune in next week for Rich Man. Thanks for joining us. Have a great Take week. Take it folks. easy, folks.